Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For Saturday, February 6, 2021, you are listening to the PW Torch Daily Cast. And when it's the Daily Cast, then it's Saturday, you're listening to the Deep Dive with Rich Fan. I am, of course, Rich Fan, joining you from the Fan Dojo, currently waiting for a snowstorm to hit or whatever's going to happen with this winter blast. And uh, I'm joined today by my good friend Chris Maitland. Chris, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I'm glad I can be here to extend my record. Yes, the re- and, and in two weeks I'm gonna have Deepalm on, so he's he's got a lot of he's got a lot to catch up on. He might do it like it was similar to GCW. He may do a telethon marathon episode just to kind of get the hours even. Uh, but I don't know the appearances or if he'll just stop and make them separate episodes. And I have deep dives until like you know late May or June or something like that. Well, D Palm, he, I think he's way behind me at this point. I, I'm really more focused on Will Cooling. He's been on quite a bit, and I've been keeping track. <laughs> the cooling count instead of the randing ratio. We got to get the ball to Will. Well, Will, yeah, Will, Will's been he's been the the UK assassin sneaking in here, hitting the episodes when he can. And uh, I'm sure this would be an episode he would have way too many inappropriate things to talk about because we're talking about forbidden doors. We're talking about New Japan. We're talking about AEW. Uh, but before we do that, how are you, my friend? And uh, what have you been watching, if not wrestling, to keep yourself busy during this crazy time? I've been doing well. Thank you for having me. Glad to be on, as I've been on a few times. Uh, extend my record, as I said before. I've been watching the usual promotions. I've been watching uh, Ring of Honor, MLW, Impact, New Japan, uh, following some of the other promotions, uh, see things on Twitter, obviously about WWE, AEW, and uh, anything else going on in the wrestling world. I didn't get to see any of the GCW show uh, last week, but I heard great things about it. So I've been watching a lot of different things, and um, This Is Us hasn't been on, so I haven't watched that, but I'm sure I'll pick up on that next week. <laughs> Excellent. I'm sure Melissa will join you in that. But that's a good thing. MLW, I'll start with that real quick. What were your thoughts on Donaghy? And uh, do you have any 
favorite stories of his time as a referee? I listened to, I should plug this in. Um, I know you spoke about this with Wade Keller on the Everything is Rich Fan podcast, available for VIP subscribers to the PW Torch. But there was a fantastic podcast I listened to this fall called Whistleblower, which was the first really lengthy, in-depth interview on with Tim Donaghy uh, about his time refing, as well as uh, a lot of the different issues that the NBA had and how games were refed. And it was very fantastic podcast especially for me as an nba fan i I highly recommend it um the one thing about donaghy and the thing with the nba which is in the podcast i won't spoil too much of it is how on the margins you could be with refing games and the fact that like things like foul calls with the spread where you can it's actually an episode where they this happens where you can make a foul call to make a big difference between a a four-point game and a five-point game, and no one watching the game will notice. No one will even – it won't reflect the result because it's the team that's ahead that'll be win, but how fouls are called at the end of a game could make a difference between whether a team covers a spread or not and how the refs can manipulate that, as well as how the NBA likes to play for game sevens. Uh, One of the famous stories was about the Kings-Lakers – uh, Western Conference Final in 2000, which lengthy story about how the Kings were ahead and all of a sudden there are all their big men fouled out and the uh, Lakers were able to win Game Six and they ended up winning Game Seven on the way to their three-peat. So it's a very interesting conversation with Donaghy and the fact that a lot of NBA refs come from the same county, which is interesting when you think about that and. It was a fantastic podcast. I would highly recommend it, again, called Whistleblower. If you're into the NBA and you like wrestling, there's some similarities. So the funniest thing about that podcast, though, is that on the very last episode, uh, MSL, or Mr. St. Laurent, as he's known on MLW, was on the podcast talking about they were going to bring Tim Donaghy in to ref an MLW. I remember hearing this and thinking, oh, this is interesting, and kind of putting in the back of my mind, not seeing it actually take place. Then I'm watching this match. Uh, this is this took place last week on MLW, which is a Caribbean strap match between uh, Richard Holiday and Savio Vega. And all of a sudden, I'm like, why is the bat? Why is the ref wearing basketball shoes? And I'm like, oh, it's Tim Donaghy. And he did a great job as a ref of just sort of being blindly cheating and not knowing it. I mean, I have a lot of questions, which I think they did explain this week's show on on how he could be a ref with his background. But I'm intrigued to see where they go forward. And it brings a little different, uh, interesting element to MLW, which I think is very good. I mean, as I said before, MLW has been my, my second favorite show, wrestling show to watch uh, after Ring of Honor during the last few months, and I'm kind of excited where they're going to go in a lot of directions, Tim Donaghy just being one of them. And with Donaghy, I really like the fact that this week, Court Power didn't have to show up as the authority. They mentioned the fact that he had some questions about some irregularities involving uh, bets placed on the match which is such a great way to tie it all together without it being like 
just dropped right in front of you. And I, I just really appreciate how how specific, but at the same time, how uh, if you know, you know, and if you don't, you'll learn the way that was kind of set up. And that was really good for me as a fan of the podcast, as well as knowing the Tim Donaghy story of of him uh, betting uh, on games and manipulating games and how that's a common practice in the NBA. It pretty much, you know, they, they do have the sports-like feel with MLW that they sell, and it made sense from that standpoint that a ref that has the background that he has would work in that manner now, because he can't do it in the NBA, he's doing it in wrestling. The you know, There'll be a storyline for how he got into the match, and I'm sure it'll involve something with Richard Holiday or his father paying him off, but it has a lot of intriguing options, a lot of different ways for them to go. And what do you think of Holiday, uh, especially since he was trained by one of the greatest horsemen ever? First of all, Richard Holiday was not trained by Tully Blanchard. Um, he was trained by so a lot. Well, I will go back. So, Rich, as some of you know, you know, is a big fan of the tag team from the early nineties called Power and Glory. And Power and Glory is actually a tag team to me that was very underrated in their time. It was Hercules and Paul Roma, and Paul Roma is the one who trained Richard Holiday, and. So anything involving Paul Roma, Rich is very much a fan of. But uh, I like Richard Holiday. I actually like the Dynasty uh, angle and seeing him being sort of like a snob, rich character. I didn't watch much of MLW before the pandemic. And in actuality, the restart allowed me to kind of start at a fresh point. I think one of the issues with wrestling sometimes you have is that there's so many shows, so many weeks, and if you don't, you know, where do you start? And I actually watched a couple shows for a few minutes, and I got off it. And seeing him being kind of like a rich jerk selling his coffee, coming to the ring with with AirPods, like he's so oblivious, listening to something else, is is he's a really good character. He's a he's had some pretty good matches, and the fact that he can manipulate his way to be a champion with the the Caribbean championship, which he sort of stole from Savio Vega and then won again in nefarious circumstances. Um, He's a very interesting character, and I'm looking forward to see more of him. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Daily Cast listeners. Thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. 
But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also, every Saturday, we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week, covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me, and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Personally, for me, I enjoy the fact that he was able to break out from the dynasty. Actually, all three of them in their own way without being carbon copies of each other. Because I think when they were together in MLW, it was helpful. But once MJF left for... AEW that gave an opportunity for Hammerstone and Holiday to find themselves even more on the MLW stage. I think they do a good job for themselves in the independence outside of MLW, particularly Hammerstone. But I think Richard in particular got that the AirPod God gimmick kind of locked down and using consumer and he's just so good at the little things and then just being solid in the ring. Yeah, the one thing I will say with Hammerstone getting more of a babyface push mm-hmm. as kind of fighting his way up to Jacob Fatu, the MLW World Champion, I kind of wonder how they fit as a unit. It doesn't seem to be brought up that much because they're kind of doing their own paths, but they're, mm-hmm. they seem to be like divergent characters. So the question yeah. would be how would they interact now with Hammerstone being this guy fighting this almost, you know, lone fight against, you know, Max Kruger and trying to fight, you know, uh, Jacob Fatu while Richard Holiday is scheming with referees to um, screw Savio Vega out of his Caribbean championship. They're not really going about things in the same manner. Yeah. If anything, it looks like Hammerstone's more likely to get help from injustice against Contra than his own stablemate and... Richard Holiday. Exactly. Maybe that's something you could see happening because Injustice is feuding with Contra. They've had some good interactions where, uh, you know, Contra attacked them. They dressed up as the, you know, the guys holding the flag and attacked 
Contra, you know, they were going to do a tag team match. I I was sort of waiting for Injustice uh, to gain a third member. And my thought was maybe in the match they have next week, they might get a third member, but I feel like they need another person to fight Contra because Contra has not only their wrestlers, but they have a whole bunch of you know, unknown fighters. So hopefully Injustice can get another person to, to add to the mix. Now, speaking of injustice, I, I want to throw it right, right. We're just going to talk about the elephant in the room right off the bat. Now that we've talked about MLW, and we can jump to AEW, the Forbidden Door. Y- you don't like that phrase. Why? And what did you think of Kenta showing up in AEW? Oh, I think the Forbidden Door. Uh, I usually try to I'm on this on your show. So I'll give a little bit of a, a behind-the-curtain scene. Rich and I, obviously, as you know, we're friends for a long time. And Rich and I have a, a pre-conversation usually before we do, before I appear <laughs> on his show. And I will say things to him like, I don't want to say this on the show. So I'll say it to you now, and then I, on the show I, I might um, weaken my arguments or weaken my points. But I think the forbidden door, the whole statement, is, is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. It is completely ridiculous that internet wrestling fans have been so caught up in the sort of forbidden door. You know what a forbidden door was with New Japan? The fact that they had a Super J Cup in December and they invited someone from Impact and acknowledged that he was an Impact wrestler. I'm referring to Chris Bay, who appeared in the Super J Cup. That's a forbidden door because 10 years ago, they were so mad at the way... Impact, TNA, whatever they know at the time, treated Okada, they refused to even mention them at all. The fact that they worked with Chris Bay, mentioned Impact by name, that's a forbidden door. AEW is a company that has existed for two years. Two years. Two years ago, AEW hadn't run a show as of the time of recording this podcast. Mm. So this door that's forbidden is it's just companies working together. In the Super J Cup, New Japan reference, they work with, as I said, Impact with Chris Bay. They had Ray Horace from Ring of Honor. They had Blake Christian from GCW. They're working with another promotion in America, which is fine. They have a new show on the Roku channel. They're trying to expand to America. I know they have more plans uh, going forward this year. I'm sure they'll do another MSG show, which will probably get me to fly back to New York from Columbus for. But the thing for me, the whole forbidden door is just, it's ridiculous because it's, it's the question that I have is, do people want AEW to work with New Japan or do they want certain wrestlers, in particular Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, to wrestle for New Japan? Because that's not the same thing as an agreement. Because... There are already wrestlers in AEW who have wrestled on New Japan shows while wrestling in AEW. John Moxley has, Chris Jericho has, Cole Cabana has. So the door has not been closed. So the question is, what do people want? I think in light of all that's gone on, having Kenta appear is great because it helps New Japan and AEW sell the Kenta-John Moxley match that's taking place on February 26th. But this whole talk of the forbidden door is, it's ludicrous, it's ridiculous, it's stupid, it's 
put, pick your superlative, pick your word. It's 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 idiotic. I'll, I'll put it that way. Now, I would even go so far as to say it isn't necessarily the young bucks that people care about when it comes to the Forbidden Door. A lot of folks just want to see Omega Okada again. And if they ever get to that point, you will not see that on television. You will have to pay a goodly amount on pay-per-view to do so. But here's the thing, if, if I understand correctly. In Kenny Omega's contract, he can wrestle New Japan, right? Yes. So if New Japan wants Kenny Omega to wrestle Okada, they don't need to work with AEW to do that. True, but I believe, and here is where it gets a little awkward. There is, just like I said from the very beginning, there's a subset of AEW's fandom that wants New Japan to anglicize itself. And that gets very weird. And so they want it here on AEW TV instead of on New Japan World or, you know, TVSIE or whatever. Which really doesn't help things because that. You're not asking for Okada. You're asking for the version of Okada that would allow himself to go to AEW. And that Okada, I don't think that Okada is losing because they're not going to send him over to the other company and have him lose. I mean, the thing I think people don't acknowledge, and again, I'm, you know, the show that I referenced before that's been my favorite show uh, post pandemic is Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor has had an agreement, a relationship with New Japan for about five or six years. I think a lot of people don't understand how that agreement works. First of all, New Japan is, is, is one and Ring of Honor is two. But also, Ring of Honor helped New Japan build cards. I mean, in 2016 and 2017, you had Ring of Honor title matches that were part of the Wrestle Kingdom card. You had wrestlers sent over for the Super Juniors or the Real World Tag League. You even had Jay Lethal in their New Japan main event wrestling against Naito based off a match that happened on New Japan TV. You had New Japan wrestlers, or you had Ring of Honor wrestlers joining Chaos. Do you know, quick trivia question, who the first ever, or at least of the current iteration, New Japan uh, six-man tag team champions were? I don't remember. No. They were Yano and the Briscoes. Good Lord. So they had a relationship where, and again, if you look at New Japan cards in 2015, 2016, 2017, there was a lot more Ring of Honor involvement than maybe Ring of Honor involvement than maybe people people think. And, you know, not to the extent so much after that, but is that what people want from AEW? Do people want pick your AEW tag team? Do people want to see the revival in the real world tag league where they finish mid, you know, mid table? Use a soccer term. Do they want uh, someone like Jungle Boy to go to the Best of Super Juniors and finish, you know, fourth in his group? Because that's what the working relationship that New Japan has with Ring of Honor is. Is that beneficial to New Japan to have someone come to them and and not be just sort of like happy to be in the middle because that's what they're asking for? 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Socek and I break down AEW on our free PW Torch podcast. We've been doing this show since 2016. That's right. We're on our fifth year. When we started the show back then, we were talking just Impact Wrestling, and we still talk about them from time to time as well. And over the years, we've branched out to also discuss MLW, and of course, the main event of our program, which is always the latest going on in AEW. Again, the show is called the All Elite After Show with me, Mike McMahon, and my partner, Andrew Socek. You can check us out as part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. You can subscribe to our show and all of the Daily Cast shows just by searching PW Torch on any podcast cast app and of course you can listen ad free with a pw torch vip membership with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Right. For all of his acclaim and all of the way they love using him, there's a reason they've kept John Moxley in and around the U.S. title. Exactly. He's John not. Moxley. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say he's not fighting for the double championship. No, John Moxley had a good G1, good start. Then he faded. He did lose to Hiroki Goto. I'm gonna throw that out there. Um, then he, you know, he is U.S. champion. He won a few matches, and he's gonna be involved again. Jericho comes in special attraction. Yano and and Cole Cabana <laughs> tag team. I'm sure if 
because he worked there for a long time. Someone like Lance Archer, if they wanted to bring him in for a few shows, that could happen. Best friends are in and chaos. I guess still best in chaos. Yeah, best friends could come or whoever. And that's to me, that's to me, it's like, is there are many possibilities. What they are will happen, I don't know. I, I, I know in the short term, it helps New Japan and AEW to have Kenta on because Kenta lives in Florida to appear on these shows. But do they want people to come and fly over from Japan to appear on AEW shows in the summer and fall? I don't know. And that's actually, I don't know when Wade's going to put it up, but by the time you all listen to this, it should be up. Uh, in the free section of the torch, I wrote an article where on four people or four, uh, not necessarily four people, uh, four acts, I'll say, that could join New Japan. And I think from New Japan, and I think would make sense given storylines and histories. And I've also included some matches or some things where you can get some insight into their personalities. And uh, having known me for most of my adult life, Chris, I named I'll, I'll put it this way. I named. uh one, two, three, four acts, one of them being a tag team. And I'm pretty sure you can guess who the people are that I picked. I All right, so just for the folks, just for listener purposes, Okada's not on the list, Tanahashi's not on the list. These are people who are either high enough on the card or in the middle enough on the card that if they came over, there's a reason, specific reason why I would think they should come over or a storyline reason that makes sense for them to join in the AEW cross-promotional warfare that's currently occurring. So I'll let you try to take these a are, shot. All right, I'll give it a shot. So these are people who are coming from, who are currently wrestling New Japan, who would yep. come and wrestle in uh, AEW. So I'll take a guess. Uh, is one of them Kota Ibushi? One, they are not. I would not give the satisfaction. That's a. I put him with Okada in that he is just off to the side. If you need to see him, you're gonna pay a lot of money, and there're gonna have to be some uh, apologies made to get him to come over. So no. All right. Fair enough. How remember about, I said uh, no main eventers. No main eventers. Okay. Well, how about um. I will guess because they of their history, um, Grills of Destiny. Yes. Yes. Because of the fact that they absolutely despise the Young Bucks. They despise anything that is seen as like this, this uh, Dr. Thunder version of Bullet Club that AEW is trying to peddle. And I think, Tom, uh, selfishly, I said act in their case because... In addition to the Gorillas, you also get Haku. And I need to see a six-man tag match with the Gorillas of Destiny and Haku versus FTR and Tully. Hey, listen. Maybe Tully and Haku, you know, they, they team together under the Heenan family, so they might find some you know, yeah. common ground and, and not, not fight it out. Uh, all right. So that's one tag team. So there we have three wrestlers left. Correct. I will guess um, Tamahiro Ishii. No, I actually uh, left him out because, again, not going to give him the satisfaction because Ishii, you bring him over and he drops like eight people on their heads 
It's not helping him. It's only going to get him more bumps that aren't going to get him to the main event in New Japan. Okay. Um, so these are all three single wrestlers, right? Because I got the tag team. Yes. Actually, you know what? It's two singles because I wound up deleting one of them because, again, didn't deserve. And I'll say the person I deleted, Shingo. Don't deserve to see Shingo. You don't need him wrestling Orange Cassidy. No, thank you. I'm going to guess him only for my own amusement, though I know you probably didn't pick him. Uh, Yoshihashi? How dare you? That is... I'm not trying to ruin this uh, agreement <laughs> a week into them starting it. They're like, who's this dude? No, I did okay, not. Okay, all right, okay. Um, Minoru Suzuki? Yes. Uh, this I figured... is more because you love Minoru Suzuki. Oh, I I opened up for, I, for, for, the, for the last person and for him. I mentioned this is absolutely me being selfish, and this is who I want to come over. Uh, I think he works, though, because... He's far enough from the main event scene and he's far enough in his career that a win or loss isn't going to affect New Japan. He's basically going to affect himself. He already has the uh, murder hawk there. So if he wants to revitalize Suzuki Goon and make a U.S. office, he can he can start the process. And I think he has good feuds left with Moxley to continue and he could give. I just joked about it, but they could finally have the Joey Janela spring break match that no one thought would happen of Orange Cassidy versus Minoru Suzuki. So that leaves yeah, one person, one man, one man. Why um, just give it to me? Because they're you know it's one uh, one, one well coiffed. I just want to give me a hint. Just I every year I expect a Father's Day card from this man. Oh, Sonata? Yes, my beautiful son Sonata. Because again, not getting Naito. You're not you're not you're not getting Hiromu. You're not you you, you, you wouldn't know what to do with Bushi. You'd probably bring uh Johnny B Bad and make bad and Bushi. And have him do like a DDP yoga commercial after. So I think Sonata coming over. He looks the part. He looks like a million bucks. His moveset fits AEW. He can wrestle on the mat with a lot of guys. And I think that would be the excursion he never really had. And that would give him time to rehab and figure out if main events for him. And the reason I say excursion he never had, because when he was saying Sonata and Impact, that again, just like with Okada, that wasn't anything. That was a pittance. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're now on Patreon. By popular demand, you can now support us directly through Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We have three tiers, including an entry-level tier one that takes the ads and plugs away. You can have the VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast. That's 14 podcasts per week, but with the ads and plugs edited out, plus you get the VIP after shows. Don't be left out anymore from those for just $4.99 at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We also have a second tier and a third tier where you can upgrade to get other VIP content, including other VIP podcasts and the PW Torch newsletter, the current ones and 20 years ago version. So go check it out. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was going to mention he wrestled in Impact. I, I, I think that... Uh, it's not actually be interesting because he wrestled in America for some time, so uh, he would be uh, an interesting person. I, but here's the thing that is the issue with my argument. Like I, mm-hmm. I like the points that you mention, mm-hmm. but the people who want there to be a working agreement don't want that. They don't oh, want. Oh yeah. they clearly want Sonata and want, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they want the guys that are going to be. Like what? And, and that's where, honestly, if this is going to be an agreement, what does it serve New Japan for Tomohiro Ishii to do what he currently does with people they're going to always use and use those dates, those bookings, the time it takes to go through customs for him to be on Impact? I'm sorry, for him to be on Dynamite. And no, he might even be on Impact, too, if they're just going to go the whole, you know, everybody's jumping shows for him to beat. Gallows or Anderson in a match that would have been on the undercard of a New Japan show five, ten years ago. And my question is, and again, bias, because they are my favorite promotion right now. Has anyone asked the question? Has there been any information about what this does with their relationship with the Ring of Honor? No one's asked that question yet. And that is a very good question, especially with uh, the way Ring of Honor is very stringent, as Tony Deppin and others who I've interviewed in the last few weeks have mentioned as it pertains to the bubble and how they keep things tight for their wrestlers. Would they even want to consider that, considering the, uh, ahem, shall we say, sloppy shop uh, accusations that have been levied by way of people admitting after the fact, oh, yeah, I had COVID and wrestled and oh, I had COVID and never told anybody uh, that happened in the last like month, month and a half in AEW. Because to me, now obviously, uh, COVID changed so many things. 
But let's talk about what New Japan and Ring of Honor had announced pre-COVID. One, they had the original Pure Tournament, which Yuji Nagata was going to wrestle in. And I was kind of upset because he was going to come to Columbus. And I I want to see... I've seen pretty much every New Japan wrestler wrestle live here in the United States. But I haven't seen some of the, the old greats which of Nagata, Tenzan, and Kojima. So I thought I could... Scratch uh, Nagata off the list and wasn't able to do that. So there's that. And also, they, they started to announce people who were coming for War of the Worlds in May. And actually, Ishii was one of the people and Kenta that were announced. So are those shows not happening? Or would they, not that they wouldn't happen anyway because they've been canceled, but are those type of shows not happening in the future with Ring of Honor? I think that's a question that should be asked and that's part of my issue with this whole forbidden door foolishness it's like they have you know if new japan decides that it is beneficial to them or better for them to work with AEW or some other company that's their choice but they have an existing agreement with ring of honor or understanding and just to throw that away you know, without any sort of care or concern to me is a bit ridiculous. I know I know it's business, but what is AEW offering them that Ring of Honor is not? I would say live television in a market that's getting them more better ratings than Ring of Honor would get them, especially for their foray into the United States. But I don't think, honestly, that matters to them. I think they... With the new, the new show on Roku, coupled with once you know COVID's kind of handled and they them doing tours alone, you know it's clear WWE after this is probably going to go to a very limited touring model because they found out hey we can get three billion dollars just making television. So Ring of Honor actually would give them the best chance to do tours and get some of that notoriety and they would get good houses because you can bet your bottom dollar. As soon as we have the ability for people to meet on mass, if there's a new Japan show and I have a vaccine and I've been vaccinated and I can go watch Yuji Nagata, I will pay probably an uncomfortable amount of money to do it. So yeah, a lot of open questions. I think the one thing I do want to point out when you asked to be on the show is people are so excited about these different things in wrestling. And one of the reasons why these things can happen is because of the fact that this is kind of a throwback to pre-Monday Night War, the territory days, where mm-hmm. now obviously technology is different where you can watch every promotion, but because things are taped in advance, you could have a wrestler be on one show, be on the next show, and appear a week later or whatever, or finish up and that type of stuff. Because of the Monday Night Wars and the focus on weekly TV head-to-head, you couldn't have that. And I have railed on your show before and, and to you personally about how the Monday Night Wars have k- killed wrestling in a lot of ways that people kind of don't know. And so the ability, the fact that like these people, because they're taping shows in advance, so Impact can tape a show with Private Party, and I, I want to get into that uh, if you can, um, yeah. on the show and Kenta can be on the show for 
AEW because he can do a match one day and tape the match the next day. You know, that allows more you know, sharing of talent, allows more intriguing possibilities because you're not focused on we're doing a live show, we're doing a live show, and everyone has to be in the building, and we have to have 85 people under contract. A lot of people on the shows that I watch, you know, Impact, uh, Ring of Honor, are not under contract. They're just part of the show. And it allows a lot more possibilities for the fan to see different things going on. So just wanted to throw that out there. But um, for me, yeah, I think I think the question is, are they working together or is Kenta appearing twice for this match? And that's it, I think. And also for me, you know, I I enjoy their presence of Ring of Honor and I wouldn't really want that to go away. So I have a lot of questions going forward to what that is. You know, right now people aren't traveling, so it doesn't matter as much, but. Um, I'm not as big of an AEW fan as, as a lot of people are for many reasons, but for me, I think there a lot has to happen or a lot has to become more clear before we can um, get overly excited. But to me, again, the whole like Forbidden Door comment alone is is ludicrous because it's like AEW hasn't existed long enough for it to be a forbidden door. As I said, they've had a cold worth impact for 10 years. That's a forbidden door. There's no forbidden door with AEW. Yeah. If anything, the forbidden door is with the, like I said, the management, like these guys would have to sit, talk with Gato, sit, talk and work things out. And I don't know if that's happened or if that's a thing they're willing to do, but that's that's the the door that needs to be open. It's the office door for those two those groups to talk. Clearly, Tony Khan, and I want to talk to you about this a little bit too, has said, "I want to work with everyone." He did that during an interview with Sean Radican a few months ago at this point, and it's borne out to be he's worked with almost everyone that he could. And I, I see a lot on, and this kind of leads into the women's tournament, which we can get into, but I want to first bounce to uh, the private party thing after this. The the issue of this is reeks of desperation. He's just doing this because they need, you know, more eyeballs. And I, I kind of think that's a dumb take because you look at what's going on and again, similar to a lot of arguments that get on the Twitter, you say you want something, you get it, and then you complain that you got it. He is I, and I am him, and I'm Matt Taven, the real Ring of Honor world champion. And you know how I show everyone that I get it? By tuning in to the podcast of Honor with Tyler and my personal main man, Ryan. This is Ryan. And I'm Tyler. And we are the hosts of the wildly popular PW Torch VIP show, Podcast of Honor. Our show covers everything Ring of Honor wrestling, from analysis, show recaps, and wide-ranging interviews with the stars of Ring of Honor. Download the Podcast of Honor each week and support the best podcast on the PW Torch VIP network. Yeah, it's a bit ridiculous to me. I mean, I'll, I'll use a reference and getting back to what you said. Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant was a special attraction. That meant he went place to place, wasn't there very long, and 
did you know a match or two or whatever and and then went somewhere else and i think i think the problem with a lot of wrestling fans and this is uh you know maybe an editorial comment due to uh you and i are hitting a a milestone this year uh age-wise which i won't say out loud but um you're i'm hitting it in about three weeks and you're hitting it uh in may and so maybe we yep, think may about 15. things a bit yeah. <laughs> we think about things a bit differently, but a lot of this comes from the Monday Night War, WWE versus WCW sort of like we have a contract to wrestler, we pay him or her. They may not appear on the show. They're with us. They don't do anything else. They're not seeing another light, and that's it. So, one of the good things about working with other companies is you can bring someone in for a couple shows or a pay-per-view or whatever and it's not that big of a deal you're not beholden to someone they're just kind of filling in a gap and that actually works because you can have fresh fresh matchups fresh uh, opponents fresh ideas without having to rehash and do things over and over again and so being able to work with different promotions to me is great i mean the thing to me though that i always say is is AEW, I mean, the one thing with the ROH uh, New Japan relationship was that ROH was, I say, subservient to New Japan. I mean, New Japan guys went over for the most part. Major guys always went over on over Ring of Honor Thailand, and um, you know they had they were they were the one to Ring of Honor's two. Does AEW want that? Are they willing to do that? And uh, that's an interesting question, but yeah, I think being able to bring in new people is is a good thing. It freshens up the show. You you have different possibilities, and I can't really see a negative to it. Yeah, and I don't see it as desperate because this isn't a situation where they they're leaking money or you know they seem to be in a really strong position financially, doing well ratings wise, and you now have a situation where you can just have this story continue, you know, as you joke with me, on one hand, you have Matt Hardy uh, jumping as the unscrupulous agent and impact to half of beer money, 2021 on a W dynamite. And you, you get creative opportunities like what you see with now with Kenta, you see, you know, they forget. I think sometimes that they have the triple R, I'm, now I'm getting fancy. The AAA Mega Champion, and once the mo- the <laughs> border AAA. opens, yeah, I was gonna say AAA Mega Campion, but I was like, I'm not that fancy. Let's 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 not let's chill. And then you also have once the border opens again with Mexico access to like I know they really want to bring in El Vikingo. Everyone wants to bring in El Vikingo because that kid is magical. Uh, and that also leads me to a question I'll ask you to close things out. Uh, but now that we've kind of talked about that, let's focus on impact. What were your thoughts on private party and what did you want to kind of broach, broach there? Cause we can explore that. Sure. I, I did text you the joke that Matt Hardy and, and Adam page are the new beer money. And I think there needs to be a separate podcast. Um, maybe I'm booking myself for later on adam page because so many people told me or said how there was this great plan for adam page to be this big star 
with this match she had. I was at the match in Chicago before the world changed. Um, Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks and how it was a great plan for him. And where is he now compared to where he was a year ago? That's a whole separate conversation. But uh, Yeah. I'm waiting for which, him to step up to Omega at some point. Which, you know, the whole thing was... This is the issue I have with, I mean, again, issue I have with AEW is... There are things projected on AEW that don't actually happen, as in, this will be great for Adam Page, just wait, and he's in a worse spot than he was, and the guy he teamed with is the world champion, and the team that they defeated are the tag team champions, and he was going to join the Dark Order, and now he's teaming with the guy who mostly manages. But that's for another <laughs> another week. Um, I love the Money Matt character. When I saw... Matt Hardy on Impact. I texted you. Why didn't you tell me about Money Matt earlier? <laughs> Money Matt is like a, I. He's not really like even a sports agent. He's more of like a music agent, yeah. where he tells the artists like who does all the work that oh they're great and they wouldn't be responsible to him. He has to take thirty percent, four percent of their pay, which is hilarious because he's not really doing anything, but he's just pretending he is. And, and the artist believes him for a while till obviously they don't, they'll, they'll turn on him. That'll be happening in the future. What I liked about it, and again, I haven't watched all of AEW, was I like to see more about private party as being people and caring about their matches mm-hmm. and, and interacting with him and trying to win titles and, I think part of the show with AEW, a lot of the characters of people who were signed, and they were like the, you know, I saw, I never heard of Private Party before I saw them. Um, I guess it's probably over a year ago they'd been the to- debuted in the tag team tournament, and I saw potential in them, but I didn't really see them as having much of a storyline. They just would show up every couple of weeks, wrestle, and move on. And I think one of the things with the whole Impact AEW um, working together is it allowed them to kind of have a personality, allowed them to, okay, these guys are like the young guys who are sort of like attuned to Money Matt Hardy's evil ways, but they also care about winning and they're, you know, willing to cheat now if they weren't before. And there's more character depth to them than I saw before, which maybe that had happened on AEW. I hadn't seen it. So I'm looking forward to seeing them. They're, they're wrestling against the Good Brothers on No Surrender which takes place on February 13th, the week from today. So I'm looking forward to that match, but I'm glad that they have a little bit more depth than when I saw them last on AEW. Yeah, they've been doing a pretty good job with them. And I I enjoyed the fact that that even carried over with uh, Hangman because the first thing he said was, I'm not signing anything. When he agreed to tag with Hardy, he's like, I'm not signing anything. I'm not joining any group. I'm not giving you any paperwork. This is just a one time deal. And I, I I just appreciate that now people know money. Yeah, big money, Matt. He I mean, Matt Hardy is in addition to perpetually petty about WWE every week. They win the ratings. Uh, he's very in tune with each of these characters. And as he changes, he finds a way to make them. Uh somewhat new because even with big money matt he turned into for the tag match for beer money essentially he was matt hardy a la hardy boys era and i give credit to mikey ruckus my dude ruckus because 
each of the themes he's made from that reflect which version he's doing. And so that's almost the musical cue of what personality is kind of in the forefront. And I love the fact with Matt Hardy that he always tells Private Party that if they work hard and they do well, they can be the second greatest tag team after him and Jeff. <laughs> that is <laughs> that that is definitely a very fun thing. Uh, now, uh, like I said, I got two things. One, uh, AEW wise, the women's tournament. I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about some of the 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 the, the women mentioned, and really talk about the woman omitted because uh, when we were going over this list, I think on the Japanese side. It's going to be really good. They have some strong folks. But I also have a situation brewing with uh, Maki Ito, who's a great wrestler. Her personality, her character are funny and vulgar. But then on the American side, you have... Uh, I, I can only say what, what I saw uh, the last few minutes when I was looking on Twitter, when I was doing research on how people like the wrestlers... Big Swole's missing. You can't hide the fact that one of the most entertaining wrestlers they've had isn't in the tournament on the U.S. side. And so when I look this up and I see on Twitter, there are a number of people who are saying, and I quote, Big Swole did not need to be in this tournament because she would be exposed. And it allows other women who can work better to get that shot. And I mean no disrespect, because the worst thing you can do when you have a marginalized group, especially one such as women wrestlers on AEW, who get a combined 17 minutes, maybe tops a week, going up against each other. But I, I remember Ty Conti in, in NXT. I, I, I see her now. If you're telling me that Ty Conti is more deserving of a spot than Big Swole, I, I, I don't know what to do with that. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Yeah, I have a lot of issues with the tournament in just the respect of it's kind of the issue with AEW that I have. Now, again, you know more about Japanese women wrestling than I do. I don't I'm not familiar with a lot of the the ladies and that were listed and I, I'm sure they're phenomenal wrestlers and and they may ha- need a deep dive of their own. I think they I think I'm going to do one at some point. Like Emmy Sakura is the one the woman who showed up that would do the We Will Rock You stomps if you remember. She yes. basically thought she was Freddie Mercury, and I, I love Freddie Mercury. Lord knows I do, but as a wrestling ideology, is a little rough. 
But but to me, the issue is, and I, you know, I saw, I didn't watch AW. I saw a lot of people mentioning how great this card was. I mean, yeah, this is wrestling Twitter, which is a, a niche of a niche audience. But I'm thinking, well, if I watch AEW, I'm a regular AEW watcher. I'm one of the 800, 900,000 people who watch every week. And I've seen Big Swole on pretty much every week or being involved in different storylines over the course of the last several months. And you're telling me she's not one of the 17, this is a 16 woman tournament, if I'm correct with, and plus the champion yep. that she's not one of the 17 best women wrestlers in AEW that I don't have any interest in her. You're telling me that there's 17 women. You have to recruit women who don't wrestle, who've never appeared in the promotion to be in this tournament and not her. And that to me is a really bad precedent. It's a really bad look. And putting aside the whole she would be exposed and that argument is so ridiculous, but what is the the purpose of having someone under contract in a division in which you don't highlight women as much as maybe you could and then not utilizing and there may be others who fall in this category too. But in an opportunity where they could be showcased, you don't put them there. And, and again, maybe there'll be a storyline reason for that. I'll give them the opportunity to uh, explain that because there could be one. But on the service, without that, it it is utterly ridiculous. And it's one of those things where you know I I make a lot of cryptic comments to you about one of the reasons why I don't like AEW and and things about that things about the show that that. Bother me, and, and this is one of them because, to be honest, if you watch AW TV, she should be in the tournament. I don't think she should win or or anything else. But how can you pick all these women again? What's the audience? Is the audience people who want who who love Japanese women's wrestling? Is that that's the audience because you're bringing in these women who have never been on the show, who don't have name recognition in the United States? Is that more important than the people who've been on the show every week? I and mean, that's the question that AEW has to answer. And how much are they going to put on AEW television? Because the last time we had a women's tag team tournament, it was on YouTube until it got to the final. Which is so are you weird. Throw the stuff on dark. Are you going to give them? You know, you have a 16-person tournament. You look at NXT right now. You have the Dusty's men's and women's tournaments happening concurrently. And that's getting in, an, in a two-hour show. That's probably a getting at least 45 minutes. And Impact had a women's tournament with the uh, finals, Fire and Flavor one, uh, at the last pay-per-view. And they've been on the shows both this week, and they're feeding with uh, Havoc and Nevaeh. So you, you can have women's wrestling. Uh, you can make it an important part of the show. Will they? It's up to them. But again, you have women under contract that you're not putting in the spotlight or at least putting as, not even in the spotlight, but you're not putting them in the game. And I just think that's, you know, and again, there may be a storyline or reason. I'll give them the opportunity to explain why she's not in it in a storyline. But on the surface, to me, it's when I didn't see her in the tournament, it was utterly ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm hoping there's a reason behind it that they get to. 
because otherwise that just looked really weird. She carried and did so many things uh, during the pandemic proper that if now you're going to do this big tournament and she can't even be countenance to be in it, I got to ask why. And uh, my final why or what really for you is uh, this uh, with recent reports and we can get out of here after this one with recent reports saying that uh, Cesaro's contract ends after WrestleMania. What do you want him to do? What do you think he'll do? And uh, we'll go from there. I listened to a show you and I did probably about two years ago in which you asked me what one person from WWE do I think AEW should sign? And the person that I said that AEW should sign was Cesaro. Um, But as I said last week or last time I was on your show, I think Cesaro should do what's best financially for him. Because again, it's a job. And whatever pays him the most money, wrestling is a physical, mental toll on the person. So whatever pays you the most money is what he should do. So that's WWE, AEW, something else, whatever. What will he do? My guess is he'll probably do what's best for him financially. He's someone who I think a lot of us, I think, I think, one of the things that has brought AEW into um, a prominence is there are a lot of people who've wrestled in WWE over the last several years who I think it's kind of been common knowledge that they would never reach their full potential. They would never get to the point that maybe they could be, and I think Cesaro is the poster child of that. And so I think there are a lot of people who are just like, if he was just in a different environment among different people, he could be in a different stratosphere. But again, WWE just got this massive contract and they could give him a lot of money to stay. Um, So I think he will stay in WWE. Uh, I could be wrong. This could be a a freezing cold take (laughs) at some point. But... um, I think he'll stay in WWE. I think WWE will give him the best offer. Um, and again, there's no guarantee that going to AEW be better. I hear someone, uh, you know, not to bash AEW completely on the show, but uh, Tony Khan did mention that Miro had some really, Miro, uh, former Rusev, um, from Plovdiv, Bulgaria, by the way, where I did attend a wedding. I'll throw that out there. Lovely place. Um, he mentioned when he first signed that he was in some bad storylines in WWE and storylines in AEW haven't been that great. <laughs> yeah. I though I did it, it to his defense, I did enjoy that they kind of played off of his time in WWE where he was the guy who was aware of all the wrestling tropes that happened during a wedding and was trying to be one step ahead of him as the wedding between Penelope and uh, uh, super bad Kip Sabian occurred. I thought that was pretty good, including him uh, you know, freaking out when a gift got given and all that. But with Cesaro, I, I would say I agree with you, though for my own selfish edification, I would like him to do the uh, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, like take a smooth three months off which will give him enough time to do one Kings of Wrestling match in the Indies with 
Chris Hero before he went back. Though with him and Cody being cool, I could imagine Cody would ask or try to get Tony to throw a bag at him and see if he'd, you know, duck it or accept it. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Yeah, as I said, if it's financially lucrative for him to go to AEW, he should go. I don't know. Um, with AEW, though, to be fair, not really about him or anyone else in particular, like they've signed a lot of people who, uh, again, I, I don't think getting the most out of all of the people that they've signed. So signing more people may be difficult for them to maximize their potential. I will say about Rusev, Miro, not nervous of anymore is that he yeah you know, i actually remember going to a, a house show at uh actually a house show that can no longer get talked about because it was hulk hogan appreciation night uh oh i think Madison. they'll still talk about it <laughs> i mean they, they they'll probably have it again at this point they, they raised the banner at, at Madison square garden and took it down the next afternoon which is hilarious but um yeah. rusev wrestled john cena in the match before the intermission, this is in 2015. I still live in New York. And I was just like, oh, wow, Rusev is like fantastic. He should be like the world champion. And he always had this sort of element of being like, I mean, Rusev is a funny guy when you see him on Twitter or, or Twitch or whatever, but like he also has the wrestling ability of being like, you know, a brute. And yeah. they have, I thought that AEW was going to bring that side out of him. And that hasn't taken place, but we'll see if now that the wedding has gone on or has happened, if he makes a change. Again, I think Cesaro, you know, I think the best thing you can do with WWE is let your contract run down to the end. Because I think the dollar signs probably keep adding up and and hopefully he gets a, he gets a good enough deal. Again, he may not be wrestling or he may not be in the positions that a lot of his fans hope him to be in the main event, but. It's a job, and if he's well compensated, then you know that's maybe all he can get out of it. Yeah, I mean, I think of the same thing, and I think there may be some folks who get very mad, and it's fine. Email me, tweet me. You guys know we can talk this out. You, I think of someone like a Sami Zayn, who has so many humanitarian efforts. Sami for Syria, he's donating money to that poor luchador in Mexico that's helping the kids. Uh. I, I think a guy like him, when his contract's up, he'll probably stay and take every red penny. And he's doing that. And that money's going to good places. And if you listen to their earnings call with Stephanie today and you hear about how much money they're getting. If you as a wrestler are going to be highly compensated and you're going to put that money to good use. Listen, you do what you got to do. Yeah, but it's a job. I think sometimes with fandom, as I said before, I guess I'll say it again, with fandom, you forget about the fact that it's someone's job. Now, no one 
makes you watch WWE if you don't have to. I mean, I'm not a regular WWE watcher, though I guess I'll start watching once they go to Peacock because I subscribe to Peacock. So since it's I was already what I pay for, I'll I'll watch it. But you know, no one no one makes me watch Ring of Honor or MLW. I do it out of you know my own desire to watch them. So. Um, you don't have to watch someone just because they're in a certain promotion, but for their paycheck, it's beneficial for them to get as much money as they can, and that's the point for them. And if that's what WWE provides for them, then you know, God bless them, and, and hopefully that they they're okay with that. Yeah. If anything, my my other dream is is to be independently wealthy and make a coffee shop run by. Minoru Suzuki and Cesaro, where they can, uh, you know, tell stories of stretching people while making you a delightful Americano. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think everyone wants to be independently wealthy. But as I said last week, it's like, you know, there, there are two really doors with wrestling. There's like how you spend your time. Because there's so many people who hate watch WWE or hate watch other promotions, and you know I don't understand that. But how you spend your time is how you spend your time. But for the wrestlers, it's their job, so they're going to do whatever the best opportunity for them, whether it be financially or or you know the place that they they don't want to be, they don't want to work in a certain company, and you know they work for a different company because their hours are better or they treat them better. It's the choice they make, and and you can just as a fan watch whatever show you like and really just keep it to that. But I know that's, that's probably easier said than done with wrestling fans, but um, <laughs> that's my word of wisdom as I, as I hit my, uh, my um, peak age, not peak age, but hit, hit my uh, special age. The special one. And, yeah. and since you are, since you are, you know, the special one, we're going to, we're going to end on that note. Uh, at least unlike Jose Mourinho, you didn't say, I have the answer for what Cesaro should do, but you don't deserve it, as he did today post-match at Tottenham when they asked why you didn't start Christian Eriksen. You mean Gareth Bale? Christian Gareth Bale. I'm sorry. I'm getting my wrong attacking midfielder from Tottenham. First of all, first of all, you said today, and it's for Saturday. We're supposed to be pretending that it's on Saturday. Oh, they know. Okay, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's Thursday, y'all. It's fine. Well, I have actually. You know what? It is fine because this is like the last. Uh, uh, I think I'm doing everything on Sunday, so I'm gonna just not be a coward. Chiefs thirty-eight, uh, Buccaneers twenty-seven. Oh, I. Uh, and I'm oh, gonna I, say I those think... two touchdowns happen with about six seconds, six minutes left in the fourth quarter to make it look closer than it was the entire game. I'm gonna do twenty-seven seventeen. Uh, Chiefs as my prediction. I also want to say, because it is February 6th, and it is the uh, 10-year anniversary of one of my favorite soccer matches, uh, important to you, which is four, Newcastle 4, Arsenal 4. Arsenal is up 4-0 in 26 minutes and drew to Newcastle. And since I'm a Newcastle fan who their team, our team probably lost today, I need to talk about good memories. So February 6th, the 10-year anniversary, I watched that in uh, in Albany with my friends Mark and Scott. Where there were not a lot of us at the uh, the beer garden. But I just want to throw that out there because I know you're an Arsenal fan, and it is one of my favorite Newcastle games of all time. 
I mean, it, it is pretty amazing, though, you know, on the other side of it, uh, you know, watching that monstrosity of a game referee this past weekend, which resulted in uh, David Luiz being sent off because the the running attacker, his foot hit Luis's knee, and that's somehow the last man when he's... And then the same thing happens in the Manchester United game, a game in which they win 9 nothing in Southampton. God bless him. Hassan Hodel having to say, he's like, we did this before. We'll pick ourselves up. And we'll do it again. And then I they won't... have the red card rescinded. It's the exact same situation. I, I the F, uh, freaking VAR. I'm, I'm aware because Southampton's next opponent is Newcastle. And, were they the next uh, opponent after the last one? Because that would be scary. No, 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 they were not. I think the interesting thing, though, from last season was Leicester beat Southampton 9-0 uh, in the 2019-2020 season. And after that game, Southampton collected more points in the season. So um, perhaps Southampton will do better. Hopefully not on Saturday against Newcastle. Um, but we'll see. I think that... Um, you know, very interesting for you, know, for you for those of you who turned into Premier League talk, not expecting it here on PW Torch. It'll be an interesting uh, end to the season. Actually, yes. But, and before I give you a chance, it's funny you mention that because I have gotten an email uh, for everything. At some point when we don't have a lot of topics, we're going to address it. Uh, one of the listeners thinks Wade needs a Premier League team. And so well, how do we I... go through the process of having him pick one? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't want to jump in, obviously, because I'm not part of that show. I will say the process of picking a Premier League team should not be anything about Wade. I've listened to Wade for a long time. Wade's from Minnesota. Wade is, doesn't appear to me to be a front-running team uh, fan yeah. of teams. So however Wade picks a team, it should not be based on solely like whatever team was in first place when you read that email. There's a, there's a lengthy process, which I won't get into now because you have to pay for that on VIP with Rich and Wade. But the lengthy process, I think, that will ensure long-term Premier League fandom and picking whatever team is in first place is not the way. Yeah, that's not... If, if you can borrow the... Uh... The Star Wars, that is not the way. Oof. So with that, my friend, I'm going to leave you some time. Let the people know where they can find you. Let them know any projects you got going. And the uh, floor is yours. The only projects I have is, are home improvements. Since I, I always joke when I come on your show that I will... Uh, I, I I plug the podcast that unfortunately with work and uh, home commitments I have not had time to do, but I will do it eventually. So go on my Twitter, Mind of Maitland, and uh, it, it will have updates and on there eventually. But um, I'm sure the next time I'm on your show I'll say the same thing. But anyway, Mind of Maitland, that's where I am. All right, and thank you as always for being on. Thank you all for listening. As always, dive into something new. Challenge yourself. Go beyond where you think you can go. Go plus ultra. Wear a mask. Be good. Uh, see you next week. Uh, we're going to have uh, Pastor Keith. And uh, he's going to be, you know, you listen to him. If you listen to any of Wade's live casts uh, with callers, 
He's going to talk about a, a theory he threw to me about the Rumble and WWE's current age profile. And then at the end of the month, uh, look forward to Deep Palm and a little bit more, maybe a surprise or two. So stay tuned and uh, we'll be in touch. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at pwtorchdailycast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at pwtorchdailycast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, pwtorchdailycast.com. Whether you're looking to occupy yourself on road trips or traveling for the holidays or to occupy yourself because you're not seeing family as much this holiday season, why not settle in and listen to a good book? Audible is a leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers and new releases like the Young Bucks autobiography to celebrity memoirs, languages, business, motivation, and more like original entertainment and now podcasts. And recently, Audible's launched a new plan, Audible Plus. With Audible Plus, you get full access to their Plus catalog, which is filled with thousands and thousands of select originals, audiobooks, and podcasts, including ad-free versions of popular shows, as well as exclusive series. Audible Plus connects you with tons of content that entertains, inspires, and informs. It's easy to find just the right listen, whether it's comedy, romance, suspense, true crime, science fiction, fitness and wellness, or, yes, many pro wrestling selections. You can even squeeze in a workout or guided meditation without having to go to a gym or class. And with everything you want to listen to all in one app, Audible Plus can truly become your playlist for life. It's only $4.95 per month for your first six months. Choose your plan and start a free trial. So go to audible.com Wade or text Wade to 500-500. And you can try Audible Plus for free or Audible Premium Plus for free. And you can make your free selection, The Young Bucks Killing the Business Book that just came out last week. Again, that's audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500. We're now on Patreon. That's right. You can support us and get benefits at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. 
That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We have three tiers, $4.99, $6.99, and $9.99. The first tier gives you all the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling podcasts and post shows and the PW Torch daily casts with the ads and plugs removed. That membership tier also includes the VIP after shows that on occasion we put on extended versions for VIP members at the end of the Wade Keller shows and daily casts. And it's compatible with the Apple Podcast app and any other third-party podcast app out there, or you can stream the shows directly from your Patreon app or the Patreon website. Or you can upgrade to Tier 2 for two extra dollars a month and add the Wade Keller hotline to the mix, a daily podcast just for VIP members who support us. Or you can upgrade to Tier 3 and get all the Wade Keller podcasts and post shows and daily casts with the ads and plugs removed and the VIP after shows and the Wade Keller hotlines, plus all the other VIP exclusive podcasts and a PDF and all text version of the weekly Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter and a 20 years ago Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter every week. Full details on how to support us and get so much in return with three different tiered options at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. You can still support us directly on our website and get the full VIP benefits for $9.99 a month by going to pwtorch.com slash govip. That has not changed. This is just an additional option for those of you who are familiar with and like supporting creators on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip.